Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I'm gonna go get my Bible. Yo, <laughs> you <gotta be> disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about you know the differences between Judea bitches and Damascus hoes. That's that's the topic <laughs> of conversation for this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if the logistics of that makes sense. That's some Sodom and Gomorrah shit. <laughs> You know what's fly about them Judea bitches? Mm. <laughs> they up for anything. <laughs> I remember a friend of mine said, I read the story about Sodom and Gomorrah, and you know what I learned? I said, you learn about like sin and listening to God's rule. He's like, no, I learned that before uh, God came by, Sodom and Gomorrah was the spot. Right? Like, <laughs> I was like, the fuck out my face. <laughs> He's like, that's where all the hoes was at. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, I read about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and what you take away with it. Shit, that was my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like that Vegas weekend, motherfucker. Shit. <laughs> it, was, it sounded like my Vegas weekend, but that was at my house. <laughs> Like, oh, oh shit! shit. <laughs> and where you live at? <laughs> yeah, I know where you live at. Cause uh, is it cool if I drop by? <laughs> you know, come by whatever. A little something to eat or something. Exactly. You know, hook <laughs> a little brother up there. You know, <laughs> tell the girls I can eat peaches all night long. You understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> and, and, I, and I ain't gay or nothing, but you know, I can uh, I can put a nod in them uh, cherry stems, just so you know. <laughs> like. Okay. <laughs> and the room goes quiet. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly podcast that discuss top geek news from the world of entertainment, gaming, science, comics, technology, or just fucking cool, or even biblical. Uh, this is for the week of August 19th, 2018. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. <laughs> My child. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so as I said last week, I was probably going to do this, uh, and I did. <laughs> so um, there is a donation link that is live on the on the website. Uh, there was a little bit of confusion 
as to uh, as to you know basically what happened. So when you click on it, it takes you to PayPal because that's where we're taking our um, donations, and uh, it's through my it ha- it's linked to my personal email. But the link says for the lazy geeks, and the reason being is because I'm not setting up a fucking business account. It's just like not, you know, we don't even have a business account because we're not even. It's a only business. it's <laughs> only two employees, right? So. And, and neither <laughs> of us get paid for this shit, so right. you know, it's a really shitty job. <laughs> it really is, you know. <laughs> my my ROI is it ROI? Yeah, return on investment. Right. My ROI is all fucked up. Well, the thing, the worst thing, the thing, the only thing worse than us is investing in Movie Pass. Um, nope. That's really kind of. That's, yeah, because at least you won't lose money with right. us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the link is there. You go in there, and it's free amount. Just put in whatever amount you want. First, we want to thank Amador. Amador, yeah, uh, within the first day, fucking uh, uh, hit us up with uh, with a da- donation. So thanks, dude. That really helps us out a lot. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so go ahead and do that, please, guys. We really kind of, we really kind of need it. Uh, so, um, but and another thing too is that you know, depending on what kind of you know action we see on on, pay, on um, donations, it, if if there's enough in there where it actually makes it worth the time and effort and stuff like that, you know, we could even do a Patreon. So you know, we Adam and I've discussed from time to time about doing a Patreon. So if you know, this will kind of give us in that. It's it's not looking good so far, but you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so help us out, guys. Uh, we really appreciate it, and 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 Almador also thanks for recommending us on Facebook, and and uh, that helps out too. So you know, be sure to get the get the noise, dude. Bring the noise out there. Get them Judea bitches out there, and and uh, yeah. Damascus hoes, and get them to get them to know what's up. Almador's always been a big homie of the show. Yeah, always appreciate his. Loyal service. Exactly. Thank you. Sir. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. So, um, yeah. So thanks again. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, just go to the, the lazygeeks.com and it's right there just above our uh, social media uh, links. Just click right there and go for it. All right. So um, I guess with that, it's time for some uh, random round table. Oops. <laughs> that was about, random oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh that's what where did that what happened there oh huh. that's weird you okay over there yeah i know it's kind of weird how that didn't really work out so well so uh let's fix that okay there, there we you go. go there we go professional outfit we run <laughs> <laughs> hey Oh shit! <laughs> I just saw, I just saw that fucking quote you just <laughs> from Patrick from 2013. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably Daredevil. That just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I, I, uh, it was funny because uh, when Patrick was here earlier. We were doing the extended play. I told, I read the quote and he starts laughing. He goes, what the fuck? And I go, I don't know. You said it like four years ago. And then he's like, I did. <laughs> I go five years ago. And he's like, oh shit. And I go, we had to have been talking Affleck. I don't know why, but it just, we right. had to. That just makes sense. Yeah. 
<laughs> wasn't current Daredevil. It was too early. Yeah, it was too early for too early for Charlie Cox. But yeah, <laughs> walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Must be it must be Daredevil. <laughs> mm. So our first story up for our random roundtable. It was funny because Adam had shared a, a, a clip from Imager with me, and um, and uh, it kind of sparked this. But before we get into why it sparked us, uh, did you pull? Do you have the the page up? Yeah. Okay. Can you re- you want to read the uh, the imager portion of it? The imager portion. Which is the picture in the middle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> is that a dog with robot legs? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're distracted. Um, Daniel Shop, thirty two. Uh, and Marine Corps. Uh, that should have been the first <laughs> corporate right veteran. Um, was pulled over at 3 a.m. leaving a Taco Bell for going 29 miles per hour in a 20 mile per hour zone. Uh, two unidentified female deputies began to approach the vehicle, and that's when the real trouble began. Instead of handing over his Florida Florida issued driver's license and proof of insurance, shop ordered to seduce. Or Sharp began to seduce the officers, and they began to perform sexual acts in the back of the vehicle. Other officers arrived on the scene to find both deputies and Mr. Sharp fully undressed in the middle of lewd acts in public. Uh, so, boss. <laughs> <laughs> so he sent that to me, and then we were just like, "See, not all heroes wear capes." That's right. <laughs> and we we're like, I was like. There seems to be like gaping holes in this. Like, how did this? It's it's kind of one of those things. See, you know, these, these two cops came up and uh, were going to give me a ticket. Then one thing led to another. And then I was, you know, we're in the middle of a three way. You're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Dial that back a little bit. Yeah. Let's, 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 there's only so much uh, through the course of events or one thing led to another <laughs> that it actually covers. I wanted this one. I know. To be true, though. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was not. Uh, and this kind of gave us the 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 inspired of like this is why you can't believe everything you read on the internet as much as you would like to <laughs> the truth be told if it hadn't have said florida i wouldn't have believed it right because I, I believe that shit would happen in florida <laughs> right so florida's just a crazy place man <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh this comes from connectingvents.com the story sounded unbelievable but in a believable way Sure, the headline about a Florida veteran seducing two police officers offering uh, following a routine traffic stop at a Taco Bell might have sounded outlandish, but then there were stories just as strange every day. And when we found that and we're like, he's a vet, we're kind of like, you know, thank you for your service. That's the kind of right. that's the kind of thing every vet should get. You know, it's that's like, right. It's like it's, that's America is what we're trying to say. Uh, but that screenshot from the unnamed news organization's website looks pretty legit. Uh, there's a mugshot of a disheveled, bearded man, and even those little buttons that let you share things on Pinterest or MySpace or whatever uh, that nobody ever uses. The truth, and truthfully, who would you really be shocked if this of any other wild tale following the words "Florida veteran" turned out to be true? Uh, of course, it turns out not to not a true story, but the creation of a disheveled man in a mugshot seen in the top of the story looking uh, rather more unruly. David Sharp is not from Florida, though he is a 12 year veteran of the United States Marine Corps. He also is the creator of Pop Smoke, a popular veterans Facebook page that makes his funny original military centric posts with more serious news related items. As far as Taco, the Taco Bell police threesome post, Sharp says it was just an idea that popped into his head after hearing another of those wacky stories that seemed too inanimate 
from emanate from the Sunshine State. The simple idea has reached uh, the audience of millions and beyond Pop Smoke's 500,000 plus subscribers. Beyond the beyond with receive or along with receiving met media attention sharp says slam pieces from websites claiming to have quote-unquote busted him for fabricating the story which is odd since he fully admits it creating it from the start still <laughs> still sharp says the overall response was positive quote you have people in the comments saying this guy is too ugly untalented to pull that off sharp said during a recent appearance on connecting vets morning briefing radio show quote but for the majority most of the people were very supportive and thought it was really funny and it was great satire. You kind of have to temper yourself like you see 10 bad comments and think like, oh man, everybody hates me. But you look at the analytics and something around 4 million people saw it just on my page. Um, you know, it, it's one of those where you're kind of like, you know, it's funny and stuff like that. And, and that's the problem is that you know, when satire comes out, and especially if you don't have the source or you're just picking it up, you know, like some news organizations that actually run Onion News. Yeah. Not realizing that the Onion is satire, um, even though they're probably really pretty close to the mark to some places, <laughs> you know. Um, or in some instances like Fox News, where they go ahead and say, you know, Patty the Bell passed, and in the background have a picture of, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Aretha Franklin passing. In the background, they have a picture of Patty LaBelle. You know, it's that's just racing. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, <laughs> what, are we really just saying what we think you're trying to say? Um, do I really just do that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, while some people may think that's funny, I think a lot of people are going to be kind of pissed off. Um, it's like, I think it's funny, but not for the reasons <laughs> that Fox may have intended. Like, like I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it because you look stupid. That's right. why I appreciate it. <laughs> it's like in Deadpool 2 where Ryan Reynolds goes, hey, slow down there, Fox and Friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so this is one of those where it's like, in this day and age of fake news, you got to be careful what you're reading and always yeah. look for the source. Um, and as much as we wanted this to be true, I still believe it. <laughs> still believe I believe somewhere in I some alternate in universe, the power of America. That's what I believe. That's right. I believe in the power of Christ <laughs> and I believe that he would want this to happen. <laughs> you know, this was really the, the story on the, the, the sermon on the Mount. That's right. You know, that, that's really what he was talking about. <laughs> Not the meek shall inherit the earth or anything like that. No, he's talking about, you know, military people should receive threesome. And I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm pretty sure everyone in the military agree with me. Send those emails to the geeks at the least geeks. That's right. <laughs> Let's get that petition going. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! If I can, <laughs> I, I wanted the story to be true so bad, but yeah, I know Adam was like, "Oh my god!" And we were both kind of like excited. Then all of a sudden, Adam goes, "And of course, it's not true." Right. It's <laughs> like, damn it. So I heard you heard you saw a. Uh, a fucking the next blockbuster hit, unforgettable film of the 21st century. I mean, some people have kind of equated this movie to like the towering inferno meets Die Hard, and right. and that it's on that kind of epic scale. And the, the, the sad part about that is it's really not. The sad uh, part <laughs> about it is is um, if anyone said it was on in the same fucking building <laughs> as those two movies they should be shot exactly. like that's 100 <laughs> percent. 
I haven't actually seen the movie yet. <laughs> no, so I, I caught Skyscraper this week, and um, oh, that was a rough movie. Um, if you, the thing is, is that it's not even a bad movie to make it good. You know, when some movie just is so outrageously bad, you're kind of like, it gets you anyway because you like it because it is so bad. This isn't. This is just a bad movie. Um, the Rock plays a security analyst who goes to try to uh, certify a tower. Um, so because apparently it's going to receive skyrocketing insurance to cover, but of course he's a patsy for some dastardly deed, which takes way too fucking long to play out. Like literally almost three quarters of the movie is through before you actually figure out what the whole purpose of the thing is. Um, and it's not even done in a suspenseful way. It's kind of like a, who gives a really gives a fuck, you know? Um, but uh, the film itself stars The Rock with his wife, uh, Nev Campbell, and their two mixed race children. So that should keep a lot of you, a lot of the alt-right people from watching it. Um, and uh, it it was just really, it was so paid by numbers, it was bad. Like, usually when I can watch a movie and The Rock is in it, he's usually having a good time. He's usually playing to the hilt. Jumanji, ba- uh, Baywatch, Rampage, all of those movies, you could still see The Rock's personality. This movie just didn't have that. It really had The Rock look like he was trying to do a dramatic turn or he was just bored. Uh, even the action sequences were heavily CG'd, not very good. The physics of the movie itself was just ridiculous. You will feel compelled to throw out diehard lines while watching this movie. It uh, just to try to to combat it, yeah, like, just to, to kinda, beat it back. Exactly, just to be like this movie isn't happening. It's just like you know, uh, it's like I'm really watching Die Hard Five, you know, um, and so. You know, with it, like I've always said, you know, The Rock always looks like he's having a good time in his movies, so it's always entertaining to watch him have a good time. And and even in a bad movie, you'll watch Baywatch, you know, like we said. But the problem is in this movie, he just looked like he was there, I don't want to say for the paycheck, maybe because he owed somebody. Uh, Even the the cops in this movie were ridiculously just stupid. You know, the whole concept of, oh, he's behind this hack or whatever. The building's suddenly on fire and he's trying to gain access to the building. Oh, yeah, he must still be part of the plot. It's like, what fucking law enforcement would actually think that? Like, well, he could be part of the plot, but yet he's going into a burning building instead of away from it. You know, it's just one of those that you just kind of like, you just kind of have to shake your head at. Uh, Wasn't even that suspenseful. Every cliche in the book was used. And of course, you know, Spoilers, because if you haven't watched it by now, most likely you're probably not going to. You know, it's just a traditional, you know, turn it off and on again kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, so it, it just it didn't even it didn't even. And I and I, I really do like everyone else. Love the rock. Yeah. But it, I saw the movie like the preview and I was like, that, nah, that's not hitting the mark. It seemed it looked like to me they were doing they were trying to do too much. Yeah. Like it's this building and it's a security firm and it's in a different country and he's missing a leg and he's i'm like jesus christ can we all calm down you know it's like you know it looked like it was gonna have like 15 minutes of look at all the shit and then just building right and i was just like man it just didn't it didn't look 
It didn't look good at all. No, it didn't. And and it was just, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a good movie. It was kind of a waste of an evening. Um, Even my brother, who generally likes The Rock in pretty much almost everything and just likes movies in general, who always says I'm a little too critical, even he was like, oh, that kind of (laughs) sucked. I was like, wow, that says a lot right there. Um, Although one movie I do want to check out now, The Meg. I've, been, I've heard I've heard that. nothing but good things about that movie. Like it is fun to watch. So I'm kind of like, hmm, okay. I thought it would be kind of stupid, but it seems like you know a lot of people. Oh, the Shack one. Yeah, Jason Statham taking that on a shark. That Shack is too big. <laughs> yeah, the shark. Jason Statham taking on a shark. I mean, that's what it ends up. That's that's kind of how how it is right now. It's like Jason Statham's taking on everything. Now he just got to take on a large shark. I'm just happy to see Jason Statham. But that's what I'm happy to see. I mean, I, when I, I follow him on Instagram, and sometimes when he posts a picture, got him it. Got a boner. Yeah. yeah it's, I have one right now. Exactly. I have a discussion. Yeah. You know. yeah. No, he's he's one of my favorite action stars. Like, his movies, his fight scenes are fucking dope, dude. <laughs> like, it, they're just so badass. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's kind of that's kind of it. I mean, we were going to talk about Judea bitches, but I don't think we'll do about that this time. Yeah. We'll talk about them later. Yeah, <laughs> they ain't even worth it right now. Yeah. They ain't even worth my time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on that note, let's jump right into the headlines. Oh, hmm? so you didn't think Movie Pass was done for drama? Uh, done with drama for the week, did you? No, sir. The saga of the movie ticket subscription service continues to unfold with a new twist. Now. MoviePass will restrict what movies you can see and when, offering a limited selection of six to seven titles per day. And if you're open and if you open your app, you can find that shakes down to about two to three titles at most local theaters. The funding challenge subscription service provided doubters right when it lost nearly one point or 127 million last quarter. While MoviePass has been insistent it's not going anywhere, they're the only ones that think that, uh, the service has spent the last few weeks failing uh, through its strategy shift. After a scraping pro- uh, a proposed price hike from $9.95 to $14.95 a month, MoviePass announced that it would now offer a three-movie-per-month m- plan rather than previous one-movie-per-day. Then, then came news that the company was uncanceling subscriptions via tricky opt-ins. MoviePass insisted those cases were a result of a technical bug, which was fixed on Tuesday. Honestly, I'm just tired. Give it a rest, MoviePass. For those who want to maintain their mo- uh, monthly subscription or write out their annual pass, which is not restricted to the three-movie m- plan, you will now have between six or seven, it's honestly not clear, titles to choose from daily. As announced in the new email to subscribers, the email explains that during a, quote, transition period, in quote, subscribers will get to choose from up to six movies daily, including a selection of major studio first-run films and independent releases. What's more, the email notes that Showtime's, quote-unquote, may be limited depending on the popularity of those films on the app that particular day. You can see the options for the next 10 days on the official website, but that's also where the confusion begins. 
It lists not six, but seven titles per day. Those titles are comprised by a block of five indies. You can see The Miseducation of Cameron Post, We Are Animals, Skate Kitchen, Summer of 84, and Juliet Naked any day over the next 10 days. But altern the alternating two titles... Now, if you want to see Crazy Rich Asians opening weekend, you're going to have to wait until Sunday. If you want to see Mission Impossible Fallout, The Spy Who Dumped Me, or Mamma Mia, here we go again. In the next 10 days, you're straight up SOL, and they're not an option. The implications of MoviePass have been a point of fascination for some time. Don't forget the studio's and exhibitors initially rallied against the service, but never has the impact seemed so dangerous. These kinds of restrictions give MoviePass the potential to shape opening weekends, encouraging or discouraging their millions of subscribers on titles via availability. It's especially dubious when you consider MoviePass has made recent strides in the, in the distribution and production game, literally with what money, though? What at... Oh, blah, blah. At the same time, the company be keeps shifting strategies at such a rapid clip, it's hard to get too bent out of shape over any one change because you never know they'll change the next day will bring. It's just a lot. And between this and being forcibly resubscribed, MoviePass is crossing some serious lines. Where are you, where are you guys at? Are you canceling? Do you think it's a good deal? Worried about the implications of of restricted title availability hit us up at the site let us know what you think about that um but it's just like this week has just been fucking ridiculous um i heard about the opt-in i got that email too that says like if to opt out like you know this this change is made it's available your plan could have it if you choose to opt out it's going to re-sign you up <laughs> What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not what opt out means. Exactly. Though. I know. Patrick got the same email and, and he he left. He was he he held on for the longest time and then like the last last month he fucking bailed on them too. You already bailed out? Yeah, he's gonna go with um, AMC. And that makes more sense because AMC it's AMC. You know what I mean? Right. They're they're I think I think it's that would own. work out better. <laughs> right. Um yeah, it's it's a big joke. They're they're becoming the blackberry of fucking services now because they, they just like seriously stop you know what i mean like we're done now I, I don't think anyone's impressed and the only people that still have it are the ones that don't use it but just keep paying for it right right like they, they're, keep they're just, they keep forgetting to uh, cancel it people that people that suck budget wise <laughs> <laughs> those people have it um but yeah, I was like, I was when I, because if you go to the website every day, there was a story this week about MoviePass and yeah. it was just, it's, it's getting, it's getting out of hand. Yeah. It's getting tedious to be, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like I saw, um, I saw something about MoviePass on like Wednesday, I think. And I was like, oh, maybe I should, and I, I literally go, eh, I don't <laughs> At some point, you I was like, I'm sure Steve will talk about it, <laughs> you know, and I'd, I've never had the service too. So it's right. getting to a point where I'm like, I don't really know what's going on. I just know it sucks. All I know is I'm never getting it. So <laughs> right. It's like, so I'm <laughs> never, I'm literally a hundred percent sure I'm not getting it. So, <laughs> um, according here, here, we'll talk about something else. I'm not going to get, <laughs> Apple? According to <laughs> that's right. According to a patent first revealed by Apple Insiders, 
Apple may be working on adding multi-user support to Siri, which is something that iOS has lacked for some time. The patent reveals ways in which Siri could identify specific users by matching their speech to a pre-registered profile. The details of how this might work aren't completely clear, but the patent specifically mentions voice print and biometric information. Regardless of how Apple implements this feature, there are many potential benefits from multi-user support, both in terms of convenience and privacy. Multi-user support would allow Siri to provide customer custom information and responses to various users based on past actions, uh, sort of like the suggestion suggested content uh, you see on iTunes or Netflix. The patent suggests that the new and improved Siri may be able to use past user interactions to create a library of information for each specific user. Obviously, past voice commands would be a major part of this, but it is also possible that Apple could make use of a user's favorite app or other information to help help improve Siri. In short, multi-user support could go a long way. Could go a long way toward in improving Apple's digital assistant. Unfortunately for Apple fans, Apple's digital assistant has lagged behind Google and Amazon's offerings in terms of accuracy. This is a bit disappointing, considering that for a time Siri was was one of the world's most well-known digital assistants. The other major benefit that could come from multi-user support is in the arena of privacy. Multi-user support could, for example, bar Siri from reading a user's text messages without the authorization of the specific users. This isn't a major issue on smartphones since they tend to be locked and used by a single person. However, shared devices such as Apple's HomePod do run into some problems with any um, authorized user can have the owner's text read out loud. Of course, all we have right now is a patent, which doesn't mean Apple is actively working on the software. Companies are often file patents for various technologies and, and products, even if they have no intent on of using them. So it remains to be seen if this one will ever see the light of day. I honestly think if you if you do a patent and you don't use it within like a year, they should cancel your fucking patent. Uh, pat holding on to shit bullshit. Yeah. Stop. Um, but I mean, cool. This is yet another news story of how Apple's catching up with everybody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's fine. The series been kind of dumb late, like the last few years, like people, I even Apple people I hear complain about Siri. Like it, it's, it never knows what you're saying, you know, and stuff like that. So, you expect Siri to be like, I can't understand you with that pity dick in your mouth. Oh, <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> that would be right. That yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's a patent. We've seen patents, you know, registered before. And even if they, even if Apple decided to do this, it would still be a long way off. Right. To before we see multi-user support. Um, and to be honest, you know, I could see it coming out for like, yeah, their HomePod and stuff like that. But then again... It could be one of those where, well, let's see how the HomePods do <laughs> and just have this on the back burner in case things start going well, then we'll roll it out. So, who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, the mouse has spoken. All of the fans and franchise actors will say, save James Gunn, and Disney will look down and whisper, no. Mm. More or less, anyway. Uh, the road has been long with the saga, which starred merely a month ago. Started merely a month ago, but time has 
is a flat circle in 2018. The Guardians of the Galaxy director was fired for a series of old offensive tweets that were surfaced by alt-right interest. And since then, the director, who had candidly and out openly spoken about those tweets in the past has seen a deluge of support from both fans and those in the industry. One of Gunn's ardent supporters is Guardians star Dave Bautista, who has asked to be released from his contract if the studio doesn't use Gunn's script for the third film, which seems, uh, which it seems they are in fact doing. Although, since the search for a new director is on, it remains to be seen just how much of the script remains as part of someone else's vision. Despite all the protests, though, even reportedly from Marvel, Variety is reporting that a meeting between Gunn and the studio chairman, Alan Horn, ended um, uh, definitely with Disney standing by its initial decision. As the piece notes, Kevin Feige was evidently down out of town and unable to attend the meeting, uh, make of that what you will. Collider's Vinny uh, Mancuso wrote his piece on why, with James Gunn's firing, Disney destroyed the message of Guardians. Quote, To deny someone the ca capacity to change is a dangerous precedent to set, not just in Hollywood where the, a person's public life is on display 24-7, but to anyone engaging in, social, in the social media age. It sets, that the bar, it sets the bar at what's the point. It gives the message that concepts like better, uh, betterment and learning are futile because because uh, mm -hmm. the sins of the past Rude. are yeah exactly are an immovable weight that only gets heavier and harder you climb. Strange from a monolith like Disney, which has worked tirelessly to paint over a past filled with scars like Song of the South and Dumbo's horribly stereotypical bl uh, black crows just to name a few the, but though a sheer effort of pr and marvel aided goodwill that disney feels like a ghost of the yeah, the ghost of the studio now which exact which is exactly what makes gun firing so frustrating disney didn't fire a director they fired his ghost hmm uh my whole thing with the James Gunn situation is Disney's not going to rehire him. No. Like it, it seems like this make, keeps it, it because it, it would, it would seem like they made a mistake. Yeah. At this point, it makes them look like a fool. Disney's so fucking big. It's, it, it, it's at that point situations like this with big companies when they, when they do something that you want them to reverse and people are yelling at them to reverse. It reminds you of the movie dogma uh -huh. where God said, you can't come into heaven because you're fucked up, but now they're going to walk through an arch right. and it's going to erase it. And then that makes God wrong, which will undo reality. Right. You know, it kind of, it, it's, it's kind of like that <laughs> where Disney's like, no, like I have spoken. There right. is no other, you know, and they got to save face. And honestly, like, I don't even think James going to want to come back at this point. No, you know, like it's, it's such a fucking, um, he's been so disrespected. If, if he, has it? I know images have come out where he was at some weird fucking to catch a predator party, or I don't know what weird shit he's fucking into. Okay, and quite frankly, I don't fucking care. You know, if if he hurts someone, put throw him in prison. Right. If he's weird, he's fucking weird. You know, whatever. You know what I mean? But I don't. I don't know. I know they asked some other director, I forget his name, uh, if he would if he would take up 
uh, the third installment of the flick. And he's like, uh, I would respectfully decline because I is no way I could match what right. James Gunn did. And that's the problem is, you know, say what you will about his alleged misgivings, but he was damn fine fucking director. So yeah. we'll have to see what happens with I'm sure it will work out with Disney. It always works out. Yeah. You know, so um, they they have like they can get any director they want. <laughs> literally that's spielberg fucking directing the next one it's 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 whatever dude um maybe i should open the tab <laughs> good. facebook has a new headache when it comes to housing advertisements the federal government has filed charges that the social media site violated the fair housing act by al- allowing ads to discriminate against some protected groups Protected groups, by the way, is anyone who isn't a white male. (laughs) It seems like Um, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, short HUD, filed its complaint last week. I heard about this at work. Um, I'm in the mortgage industry. Uh, It's complaint last week over the company's advertising practices, Um, something that that investigative reporting and nonprofit groups have alleged for the last two years. In 2016, a ProPublica investigation revealed that anyone advertising housing could discriminate on the basis of race. Uh, and a year later, a, follow, a follow-up investigation found that Facebook hadn't solved the problems. Facebook doesn't care unless you make them look stupid. Right. The company had updated its advertising policies, but despite those updates, Discriminatory ads um, still made it through the company's uh, review process. As a result, National Fair Housing Alliance and other groups filed a lawsuit against the Facebook against the Facebook in. Why does it say the Facebook? It hasn't been called the Facebook since like. You know what I mean? Filed a lawsuit against Facebook in federal court on March, alleging uh, that company that company had violated the 1968 law by permitting advertisers to discriminate. The company said that the lawsuit was without merit, but in July it signed an agreement with the state of Washington to remove the ability for advertisers to exclude specific groups, including race, religion, sexual orientation, and others. So they said it was without merit, but then they fixed it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> now the federal government is addressing the problem. In its complaint, it alleges that Facebook unlawfully discriminates by enabling advertisers to restrict which Facebook users receive housing-related ads based on race, color, religion, sex, um, familiar status, if they're married or not, um, national origin, and disability. Facebook's ads targeting tools um, then invite advertisers to express unlawful preferences by suggesting discriminatory options. And Facebook effectuates – fucking government – effectuates uh, the delivery of housing-related ads to certain users and not others based on those users' actual or imputed protected traits. It goes on to outline that the company enables advertisers to discriminate by showing ads only to men or women um, and not showing ads to users whom Facebook categorizes as interested in – assistance dog or mobility scooter or accessibility or deaf culture, uh, as well as users who list things like childcare, parenting, religious interests, or various countries. Um, HUD, (laughs) 
HUD describes the practice as widespread across the United Space, United Space, United, <laughs> United, United, space. United Safe Space, United States, <laughs> and ongoing, uh, and notes that it's impacted an undetermined number of aggrieved users. A Facebook spokesperson told Axios, oh, the, the, the uh, fucking, the filing was by Axios, or through Axios. Uh, that there is no place for discrimi- discrimination on Facebook. It's strictly prohibited in our policies. Uh, over the past year, we've strengthened our system to further protect against misuse. And that the company will respond in court and will continue working directly with HUD to address their concerns. Um, yeah, Facebook is fucked. Yeah. Uh, HUD is one of those... HUD, HUD is a big part of the government. And they they actually do follow up on shit. I mean, I, like I said, I'm in the mortgage business, so I, I see I see a lot of what the what HUD does. And if it's discrim, discrimination thing, they don't play. Yeah. Like because we have laws that <laughs> are against it. As much as people love to yell at the government that it discriminates, the government doesn't discriminate. Just people do. Right. Um. The government it, there's laws in place since the '60s. You know, that that protect people from that kind of shit. So Facebook is going to. And the thing is, when you get sued by the government, it isn't as simple as just paying money. The government wants to see you fix it. They want to see action. They want to see that it is um, taken care of as well as money. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Facebook is screwed yet again. Uh, They keep going to court like this. They ain't going to be a company after a while. Yeah. But they probably have enough money to fight them off for a little while. But yeah, it's it's you, you, you at some point you're gonna just be like, yo, we're gonna just put our foot down. That's gonna be it. Ah, uh, so Fallout seventy six will do something rare for a PC game, skipping st- Steam, at least at launch, and will only be available from publisher Bethesda Softworks' own launcher. According to Bethesda's senior vice president of marketing and communication, Peter Hines, or Pete Hines, that's so the publisher can bypass the middleman and work more directly with players. Quote, in this particular case, it's an online game, and we felt like when it comes to the PC, that being able to directly serve our customers, Hines said, and having that one-on-one relationship was hugely important and key to us being able to do the best game possible. Bethesda did something similar when it launched Fallout Shelter on PC. The game was only available through Bethesda.net launcher initially, and it took about eight months for Bethesda to bring the game over to Steam. Quote, we have learned a lot during uh, doing other games. This is Bethesda Game Studios' first online game, and it is not Bethesda's first online game. Uh, what? Oh, Bethesda Games... Wait, what? We've learned a lot doing other games. This is Bethesda Game Studios' first online game, it is not Bethesda's first online game. Oh, I guess the studio. Okay. Heinz explained. We have been down this road before. We did The Elder Scrolls Online, and we did ESO only at Bethesda.net, and there are puts, there are puts and takes for any that anything you, that you decide to do. But what we know for sure is if customers care come directly to us that we have a better ability to work directly with them whatever on whatever comes up as opposed to you know through steam it's inherent 
you have another party involved, you have an issue with something like we're work, uh, we're having to work with somebody else to figure out our, uh, figure out your problem, as opposed to you have a problem. It's, it's us, it's on us to solve it. It's on us to fix it. There's nobody else we have to talk to. I don't have to go through, I have to go to somebody else and say, well, you have to contact them about X, Y, or Z. We have found that is really important, particularly we found this really important, particularly with an online game. Heinz didn't offer a timeline for when Fallout 76 will come to Steam, or if at all. Fallout 76 beta test will launch in October, and the game will come to PlayStation 4, Windows PC, Xbox One in November. And to explain that that weird quote, give me some, some context, Bethesda Game Studios is Bethesda's main studio, and they've never made an online game. Um, but... But Zenimax has made the Elder Scrolls online, which Bethesda like oversaw a lot of. So yeah, which which uh, it once uh, once I got it, it was like, OK, the studio's first attempt, but not Bethesda's overall. Yeah, it's yeah. it was weird yeah. because their game studio is basically the name of them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, what? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I, for this is the first time in a while I've kind of been super excited for a Fallout game. Uh, just to see where it goes. I might not even play it, but it's just something they're shaking it up a little bit. Because yeah. the last Fallout game, the only thing that I really liked about it was it was in Boston. But other than that, it's just the same thing over and over again. You know, and you just get it while it's still a good game, it gets old, you know, mm-hmm. doing the right. same thing over and over again. So um, I'll be interested to see how this one pans out. I don't know why, but I'm super excited for that Elder Scrolls Blades fucking mobile game. <laughs> I don't know why. It just looks so dope. I'm surprised um, you didn't pick this as a story this week, but fucking Diablo 3 for the Switch. Oh, yeah. Diablo 3 for the Switch is is cool. Because Diablo 3 is an old-ass game. Yeah, but the thing is, is that that's not something that would come out on Nintendo. That's true. But they've been kind of getting laxed on that kind of shit, too. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Would you like me to find an article real quick and read it? No, that's fine. I can no, that's fine. Look, no, 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 go ahead. No, 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 no. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> actually, one thing I will say about that real quick is it is kind of cool because it's on a mobile device. Right. That's kind of dope. Um, but I, I think I just overlooked it because it was um, the game's been out for a while. Oh like, yeah. I think it came out in like 2014 or something like that. You know, so still a great game though if you haven't if you haven't played it. Um, anyway, throwing shade over here and shit. You know. The Batman-centric comics comics event, Doc Knight's Metal, rocked the DC Comics, um, <laughs> pun intended, rocked the DC Comics universe <laughs> for, yeah, <laughs> uh, cracked open the multiverse and created a new paradigm for the Justice League uh, moving forward. Still, if you haven't read Dark Knight's Metal, it, it's really it's good. good. It's fucking good. It's, it's heavy metal but fucking dc yeah like, it's just really good um and that fucking that one version of batman i'm not even gonna get into it yeah, dude this, the, this the, shit is crazy um and you could probably find it in a trade either now or very soon yeah um or go back a couple episodes because i think we talked about it in one of the episodes yeah we did yeah series writer tom king um for batman sorry <laughs> i skipped this end uh <laughs> promise that we'll uh Promise that will change moving forward. Fuck, what the hell? <laughs> Hold on. We're going to do this all over again. Well, the events of metal and it's... Oh, yeah, I missed two sentences. I think we both I, yeah, suffered a stroke. I, I missed two key sentences here. 
Um, while the events of Metal and its follow-up, No Justice, have had an impact on many of DC's main titles uh, moving forward, one series has remained surprisingly unaffected, the main Batman comic book, which is weird. Uh, series writer Tom King promised that will change moving forward and that the events of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's um, epic miniseries will have a major influence on uh, future stories in the pages of Batman. So he was asked, like... Like, what the fuck? Like, are you going <laughs> to? Uh, and he said on Twitter, in my mind, unofficially, I put them between 49 and 50, which is, the, he's saying the um, the metal storyline. Uh, Snyder's epic metal, um, in particular, has a huge role to play in Batman going forward. Um, this makes sense, considering the amount of personal issues Batman has had lately. His solo series has largely been a personal tale as he and Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, uh, attempted their own unique brand of domestic life, leading to their nuptials and eventually um, breaking up at the altar. The wedding was supposed to take place in Batman 50, but some careful manipulation from Bane by way of Catwoman's friend Holly Robinson stopped those vows from being said. That was a good book. I actually I read it recently and... Um, it's interesting the, the the strings that are being pulled and then the um the joker the joker i think it's 47 and 48 maybe 48 or 49 uh it's a two two part two-parter um called best man and it was so fucking good and the whole the whole two parts is in one room and it's just so good like it, it, it was good. <laughs> I can't say anything. Was it ruining. good? That's kind of what I need to know. It was fucking fantastic. Okay. Is what. <laughs> but now Batman is diving headfirst back into his crime fighting career as he does after every tragedy he experiences. Uh, this one was much more emotional than a simple backbreaking um, or time traveling incident. It remains to be seen how metal will play a tie into what King has uh, going where Batman is dealing where Batman is dealing with the fall of Catwoman's decision, causing his allies like Nightwing to worry. Plus, there's the whole trial of Mister Freeze coming up, uh, which actually that already happened too. And I read that, and that was fucking dope as shit too. Um, basically, uh, not no spoilers, of course, but um, Batman as Bruce Wayne bought his way into the jury of the of uh, um, they were trying Mister Freeze. Uh, and trying to see if Batman took it too far because he kind of did. He like beat the shit out of him because mm-hmm. it was right after the failed marriage. Oh right, so and then it he, out on him. the whole the, I think it's like a two part or two, and the whole thing is monologuing. Like he's just he's explaining how they put Batman on such a high pedestal, like he's God, and they just automatically assume he's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you're Batman. Like, it was fucking layered as shit, yeah. dude. And it was so good. So Tom King's doing it big. I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to say this, um, say this article here, because he's really doing some brilliant writing over there. And if you're not reading, uh, if you're in a comic book, you're not reading uh, the main Batman line, you're missing out because it's really good right now. Uh, By the way, it's episode 296, Verbiage is the Key, um, where Adam and I give us the review of uh, Dark Knight Metal. Nice. Looking through the show notes before, I was like, I should give that episode. But yeah, episode 296. Almost, uh, what, 14 episodes back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been loving Tom King on the Batman book. I thought he was a great successor to Snyder. And it was also interesting, too, because um, uh, I, also, I did this story on the, on the site about somebody asking Snyder, 
if Batman uh, year one or one year uh, is part mm-hmm. of canon still, you know, his one. Mm. Um, and um, he said that he goes, as of right now, it is. Because yeah, I, I'm hearing there's some debate on it. Yeah, he says, as of right now, it is because apparently it's going to play some role in the Doomsday Clock. So, mm. so, so now that he's just like, okay, well, he says for now, which means that Doomsday Clock could rewrite that. So, you know, we could, you know. Like literally rewrite Like literally rewrite <laughs> Because they're manipulating re- reality yeah. in Doomsday Clock. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, and it's DC. If there's anybody to manipulate reality, oh please, uh, there's there's a lot of um, shit going on in DC right now. And honestly, it's a little, it's in a, it's in kind of a, um, almost like a uh, like a transitional stage where everything settles after metal, and everything's kind of settled a little bit in the other books, but Batman is kind of, we don't know what's going on. I, and honestly, they should have waited on the wedding. Like it, it, to to have that as an event, it was too close to another event, yeah. And it just it makes it off. Like to me, Batman be like, I mean, yeah, married or whatever, but I'm still trying to process this shit. Right. You know what I mean? Because that was some pretty dark shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. So as Hollywood takes the baby steps to become one more inclusive with all races, genders, sexual orientations, and anyone else that has been othered, there are bound to be speed bumps along the way. As actress Ruby Rose celebrated her new gig as Batwoman, Kate Kane, for the CW, people saw this as a great moment as Rose would be the first gay superhero to lead a TV series. This, of course, came uh, with social media backlash, resulting in Rose leaving Twitter. Rose took to Twitter one last time before exiting, saying in a string of tweets, "Where on earth did Ruby not? Is, uh, where in, where on earth did Ruby is not lesb- a lesbian? Therefore, she cannot be Batwoman. Come from has it um, has to be the funniest, most ridiculous thing I've ever read. I came out at twelve. I have for the past five years had to deal with she's too gay. How do y'all flip it like that? I didn't change. I wish." we would all support each other and our journeys. She continued, when women and when minorities join forces, we're unstoppable. When we tear each other down, it's more hurtful than from any group. But hey, love a, um, but hey, love a challenge. I just wish women and the LGBT community supported each other more. My wish was we all are a kind, little kinder and more supportive of each other. Sending everyone my love and gratitude. It's been a roller coaster of a year this month, especially. Rose punctuated her statement with confidence, saying, "I look forward to getting more than four hours of sleep and to break from Twitter to focus all my energies on my next two projects. If you need me, I'll be on my bat phone." Batwoman mm. is expected to make her first appearance in the part of CW's annual C. DC crossover Arrowverse crossover event in December. The CW is developing a Batwoman series for next season. That was stuff like this always confuses me. Like they were doing the same thing when um they picked uh, Cavill for Superman. Like he's not even American. I'm like, hey, he's not Kryptonian either. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, he's a fucking actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is the big deal? Like, I never understand. I don't understand it. Like, I get it. Everybody cries for representation now, but it's the character that is representing you. Yeah, but the, like it, it doesn't matter who the fucking actor. They're a blank slate. You're not even supposed to think about the actor. But that's the thing is, is like. 
she's not even gay. It's like, oh, she's not gay enough now. It's like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, and she's like legit a lesbian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not that it fucking matters, but, right, but whatever. You know, it's just like she's kind of a. Hey, I know she don't swing my way, but she's kind of hot though. Because yeah, I, I was seeing in photos, <laughs> you know. So I mean, she'll be fine. First of all, she ain't Jewish either. Yeah, that woman's Jewish. <laughs> which ne- whenever, why does that make sense again? Why is she Jewish? Batman know. was Catholic. Or his parents were Christian, or I fucking know. whatever. <laughs> all I see is the pearls falling. <laughs> right, <in the> <laughs> confusing me. <laughs> um. Oh, see, see now. There's the. There's oh the shit! Because I mentioned the pearls. <laughs> um. <laughs> if you're browsing Netflix for a new show to watch, don't bother looking um for reviews on the platform to see if a title is worth your time. The streaming service is done purging user user reviews. A decade's worth of comments uh praising an ex ex exer- what? Exorating shows? Okay. All gone. Under the question, how do I post reviews on Netflix? The service the services help center now says Netflix customers were able to leave reviews on Netflix.com until mid-2018 when reviews were removed due to declining use. To learn how Netflix suggests TV shows and movies we think you'll love visiting our rating and recommend recommendation articles. It won't come as a surprise. Wait, it won't come as a surprise if you previously heard about the company's decision to to remove written reviews by mid-August. And frankly, it won't be some something you'll miss if you mainly access the platform through its mobile app. Reviews were only visible on the web anyway, and the most likely um, the most likely contributed to its declining use. Netflix probably had reason reasons other than the section's decline in use as well. Uh, for instance, it had to deal with issues like review bombing uh, by trolls hoping to bring down a show's rating back when it used stars instead of the thumbs up down system. Netflix might have uh, decided that reviews don't lead to enough views to warrant uh, spending resources on policing them. It has a percentage match uh, system that suggests titles based on previous ones you've watched. After all, so there's probably very little incentive for the platform to keep the review section running. Also, who watches it on the com- Very little, and I do all the time, but very little people watch Netflix on their computer anymore. Yeah. So no one even noticed it was fucking there. <laughs> Until people reported that it was like, hey, you know, they did, somebody just probably stumbled onto it, like going, hey, you notice they haven't had those on there in, in a while? Uh, well, you may have assumed that turning off Google's location history option meant that Google is no longer tracking your movements. But the reality is that Google can continue to collect location location data and even track you on a minute-by-minute basis, remembering your home address and other places that you visited throughout the day, the Associated Press reports. AP found that Google continues to track you through services like Google Maps, weather updates, and browser search, and app activity can be used to track you. By turning off location history, you're only stopping them from adding your movements to its timeline feature, which usually logs where you've been. But there is a way to get them to actually stop tracking you by digging through your settings and turning off web and app activity. If you toggle off web and app activity, which is enabled by default, Google will no longer be able to store a snapshot of where you've been from 
um, maps data and browser searches that pinpoint your exact GPS coordinates. You can manually delete timestamped location data. As long as the web activity setting is enabled, Google will store your timestamped location data. You can manually delete this uh, data by heading into myactivity.google.com and, and clicking on specific geostamped entries. You can also delete batches of entries sorted by date and web service. Their stance is th that location history's purpose and functionality is clearly spelled out to its users. A Google spokesman said in a statement to The Verge, location history is a product that is entirely opt-in and users have in controls to edit, delete, or turn it off at any time. As the story notes, we make sure location history users know that when they disable the product, we continue to use location and improve Google's experience when they do things like perform a Google search or use it for driving directions. Still, it's not likely clear to most users how these options work or that something called web and app activity would control Google's collection of location data. In the past, tech companies have gotten in trouble with federal authorities for confusing privacy practices. The FTC has investigated and fined several other tech company giants like Facebook, Uber, and Vizio for misleading data practices in the past. This isn't the first time we've heard of Google tracking your location, regardless of whether you have location services turned on. Last November, Quartz reported that Android phones still collect your data, your location data from nearby cell towers and send it to Google, even if you are toggled off location history and take out your SIM card. They later said that it removed the data collecting feature by December of last year. This time, it's a little different because instead of being cell towers that are the culprit, it's web services. If an it, but if anyone pays close att enough attention to the fine print of permission agreements, you can catch what tech companies are doing. <sighs> I was creeped out when I was filling out the show notes today. And uh, it just says Google can still find you. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is funny because they, you know, it's like, oh, no, it's there for people to get. But at the same time, we bury it and we name it something completely different. So then you really can't tell what it is to turn off. I don't know. It's it doesn't matter. Like it, everyone's always like, oh, I turned that location stuff off. They still know where you're at. Like the, Google's constantly taking in information and cross-referencing it with other information and just, you know, well, you know, like when, um, like when you would, uh, turn off your phone and they would say, you know, in order to not be tracked anymore, you have to remove the battery. Yeah. Now you can't remove batteries from these phones anymore. That was their plan all along. Yep. Alex Jones was right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh, so another conspiracy. <laughs> no, it's not that serious. <laughs> at the end of at the end of July, Amazon quietly removed its Kindle uh, Voyage from its storefront, and appears to have discontinued the line of ebook readers, according to the ebook reader and Good Ebook Reader, the only two news sites that gave a fuck, other than me. <laughs> um, both sites report that Amazon removed the model. Refurbished versions are still available, as well as from its comparison table, leaving only the basic Kindle mid-range Kindle Paperwhite, and premium Kindle Oasis. Um, the Voyage was originally released in 2014 and featured some additional perks uh, above the basic Kindle and Kindle Paperwhite. It was thinner and lighter, a glass screen, haptic uh, buttons, 
to turn to turn pages and a simple and utilitarian design like all the other Kindles. Uh, <laughs> but it came at a higher price, $200. And with the release of the $250 Kindle Oasis in 2016, the Voyage seemed to have been overtaken for the premium slot in the Kindle family. So I was telling Steve about it. Like, I kind of wanted this one at first, and I saw the price and was like, it ain't worth it. Like, it it's just the Kindle. The, I have the Kindle Paperwhite, and it's perfect. It has a light. Uh, the screen is not glass, so there's zero pa- fingerprints. Like, it, it never happens. Unless I'm eating fried chicken while I'm using the fucking thing. There's fingerprints on the casing that are a bitch to get off, but I really don't care. The thing that I is never that take it out of my house. Yeah, it's the casing. I don't give a fuck. As long as it's not on the screen. Um, and then the buttons, you just get used to tapping the screen. And they're haptic buttons. They're not even buttons. So you're either tapping the outside or you're tapping the screen. It's the same fucking thing. And and with that, as soon as that Oasis came out, it kind of just faded because it did, it made no sense to get it anymore. So it is what it is, bruh. It is what it is until it isn't. Right. <laughs> All right. So I guess on that note, it's time we jump into um, what the actual fuck. <laughs> A man arrested on Tuesday in connection with a devastating wildfire in Southern California is a conspiracy theorist who posted videos about satanic rituals and QAnon. Quote, this place is going to burn, Forrest Clark 51 allegedly texted a volunteer fire chief two weeks before the inferno enveloped Orange County, burning nearly 20,000 acres and destroying 12 homes. The Holy Fire still rages and is only 5% contained, the Orange County Register reported. Now, keep in mind, this is from the 10th, and I so it's, it's a little more contained than that, but still pretty bad. Uh, Clark, a former landscaper, was arrested shirtless at his home. He is facing two felony counts of arson, two, one to terrorize, and a misdemeanor count of resistant arrest. If convicted, he could face life in prison. Mike Milligan, chief of the Holy of Holy Jim Volunteer Fire Department, showed CNN the text message according to a Friday report. He said residents who knew Clark were scared of him. Quote, for us, it's disappointing because he is just a scourge of this canyon, Milligan told, Milligan told the local media. Every single person in this canyon is afraid of him. One person, number one, avoids him. Number two, knew he was going to do something crazy. Orange County, uh... Sheriff's deputies received a call reporting erratic behavior by Clark on July 23rd and placed him on a psychiatric hold, the Associated Press reported, citing Karen Braun, a department spokesperson. The departments did not say when Clark was released from police custody at the time. On his Facebook page, he posted dozens of videos spanning years delving into absurd conspiracies, including belief that Satanists run amok and control the world. He believes Pizzagate is real. It's not. We did a serious, uh, serious, uh, but it led to a, de- a seriously de- dangerous situation. And more recently, uh, uh, and more recently, that some deep within the U.S. intelligence community is posing clues to troll, bro- um, to troll boards, including 4chan and 8chan, about a polit- coming political reckoning. The, la- the latter, referred to as QAnon has suckered legions of conspiracy-minded parties to believe that Donald Trump is secretly busting a massive pedophile ring. They also believe that the president will be liberated 
from all suspicion in the special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into the Russia Russia's possible influence in the 2016 election. As HuffPost reporter Andy Campbell has pointed out, the conspiracy has led to real-world consequences. In June, a man armed with an AR-15 drove an armored vehicle to the bridge near the Hoover Dam in Nevada where he had a standoff with police before police arrested him. While blocking traffic, he held up a sign that says, Release the OIG report, which QAnon has recently been posting about. Clark's arrest earlier this week uh, once again puts the spotlight on the possible real impact of conspiracies. Clark allegedly started the fire following a dispute with Milligan. Two, uh, with Milligan. two weeks ago, he came to Milligan's home to return items he quote-unquote borrowed from the fire department, the poli- volunteer fire chief said. I said, I want nothing to do with you, Forrest. Just go. Milligan said, according to CNN, he was being gentlemanly at the beginning, and he turned and then swore at him and turned and left and quoted and was quoting the Bible. Later, he came back and told Mm -hmm. him what a jerk I was, and everyone was after him. The place was going to burn just like you planned. Clark later texted, according to Milligan. Uh, Orange County Supervisor Todd Spitzer didn't mince words at the news conference Wednesday. This is a monster, Spitzer said. Who would go out on a low humidity and high wind and the highest heat temperature this time of the year and intentionally set a forest fire? Clark is being held on $1 million bail. Yeah, they don't play with that shit. Yeah. And you, you can always you always should call the authorities if someone is angrily shouting Bible quotes. Because <laughs> it proves two things. One, they're a little nutty. Right. And two, they didn't actually read the Bible. Right. <laughs> like they didn't absorb the information. There's a lot of biblical references in this podcast yeah. uh, today. But it's you know, um, some Judea bitches. That's really what it is. <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I, I actually heard, I briefly heard about this um, on the radio on my way to work. And I was I was like, what the fuck is yeah. happening? Yeah. You know, and it's... um. So they have confirmed that he started started some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the devastation is caused by by some silly shit like that. You know, yeah. it's whatever. And as usual, uh, lately, uh, Steve says something really heavy, and then I talk mm-hmm. about something really stupid. Um, <laughs> so a thief with a hankering for soup <laughs> mm-hmm. is afoot in Georgia after police in Fayette County discovered someone had stolen nearly $100,000 worth of ramen noodles. Do you know how many fucking ramen noodles that is? That's a lot, dude. Like, I mean, Def- you can still buy a metric ton for like 25 cents. It's pretty much like at least 180,000 can- pieces of fucking ramen noodles. <laughs> Deputies are looking into the thief uh, of a large trailer holding the massive amounts of soup, according to Fox 5. And first of all, ramen noodles has their own truck. Like, is it that is it that important? Um, The 53 foot trailer was parked at a Chevron store on Georgia's Interstate Highway 85 North. The the thief, uh, the theft occurred um, sometime between July 25th and August 1st. What? (laughs) How long was it fucking packed there? Um, The local, I guess, you know, the ramen noodles ain't going bad. So it's whatever. The local sheriff said the trailer had been secured at the time. The owner of the trailer estimated that ninety eight thousand dollars worth of ramen was on board. Um, what does one do with that much ramen? We don't know. We also don't know whether or not the brand of ramen noodles was Marichan or Top Ramen or another brand. However, one pack of Marichan goes for 29 cents on Target.com. So you can just imagine the sheer volume of noodles that was stolen for it to be equivalent to $98,000. Um, 
I bet you he stole that truck and it was probably unmarked. He stole it without looking in it, gets it to wherever he goes, looks in it and goes, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> right. This is, this is what I'm, this is what I stole. Right. Cause you always steal before you actually look to see what you stole. Ugh. <laughs> uh, great. That was great. That's it. I, that's I mean, it. That's great. That. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, for some, think about it, poor college students. That's like, that's fucking gold mine. You could sell that for 10 cents a pack. Right. And it's all It profit. would take a while, but you would make <laughs> a good amount of money. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you for checking us out. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, be sure to leave us, leave us those five-star reviews. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, go ahead and drop us reviews over there, as well as, as all of them will help inc- improve our profile. Also, if you just want to let us know how we're doing, just hit the hit the the late the website lazygeeks.com and let us know what's going on. What's going uh, on? What's going on? What's going on? Follow us on all that social media, baby. Um, that's Twitter, Instagram, Tinder. You already know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, both swipe are right, under, swipe right. <laughs> right. Both are under the name the Lazy Geeks. That's one word. Don't forget to follow our Facebook and Google Plus pages. Any feedback you want to send us um, through old school means, you can definitely send it to the geeks at thelazygeeks.com. All right. And you can find me on the interwebs uh, on Twitter at a middle aged geek, Instagram middle aged underscore geek. And uh, we, I also still am doing my other podcast, the extended play a movie podcast yeah uh, so we've got uh we're doing the movies of 1979 and uh last week we did the warriors the week before that we did life of brian uh so coming out i believe this tuesday will be let me see if i can bring it up over here it was it was i believe it is yes it is right it is Apocalypse Now. That's going to be the movie we we have oh, this a, week. That's a mind fuck to do a podcast about. Oh yeah, yeah. It's one of those where you 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 finish and you're just kind of like, whoa. Apocalypse Apocalypse Now is the one that has two parts to it, right? Or am I thinking about a different army movie? Mm, it's one where the the begin the, the the like the first part the first half they're in fucking boot camp. That's you're doing a different movie. Oh God! Now it's gonna bug me what I'm thinking about. It was the one where um, it had that marine fucking dude who was yelling all the time. Uh, you're thinking it, Full Metal Jacket. Thank you, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. That was a movie like I liked the first half, and then the second half I was like, eh. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's a pretty heavy movie. Yeah. I am also on Twitter and Instagram at sapientlg, and of course Adam at thelazygeeks.com. All right, so. Uh, so yeah, that is it for us this week. We will see you next week. So until then, peace out. <laughs>